Hello, can I ask you a question? Oh god. We shot down the rivers, we shot the plains, we shot the mountains, we shot the streams. We fired west. We cocked, we loaded, we blew our way. With guns and guns, we fired our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God help those who stood in the way of business progress. And the USA. And Don Noss is a veteran. Mm-hmm. Like he served in the military. Mm-hmm. World War Two. World mm-hmm. War Two. Doing what? He uh, was a ventriloquist. What? In the USO. In the USO, he's oh. a ventriloquist. <laughs> So my theory was, and what, the, what actually? So the Wikipedia said he got sick of his dummy and threw him overboard a ship. So it's like cruise ships where the wife goes missing. Mm, well, no, but my theory is that the dummy came to life, and the the two got an argument and fought, and then the real Don Knotts got thrown overboard. Ah, and the and dummy the is Don dummy Knotts. took over. Like, and I was saying he's got to wear, he's got to put makeup on over like the you the, know the, the jaw slits or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Every morning when he wakes up. That's why Andy Griffith was always sticking his hand up his ass. <laughs> up to the elbow. Okay. <laughs> I'm cursed with an abnormal sexual magnetism for women. All right, that'll do. We got a lot of shit to cover. <laughs> On tonight's Unsolved Mysteries, I'm Robert Stack. Yeah, well, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. How the West was Tastes like floor cleaner. We don't if. What did you get? Truly classic lime. Truly classic margarita style. Oh, Oh. truly margarita style classic lime. Boy, that sounds heartburny. Got to get that Topo Chico hard side. I guess so. It's delightful. We haven't been able to get it at the bar in weeks. I'm having to drink White Claw like an animal. Anyway, we don't have to ask Tony what he knows about guns because we know he knows very little about guns. Yeah, this is good. But he's learning more. So uh, as long as you stand on the right side of them, you're okay. Not always. Not well, not side. not not the Walker Colt that exploded. Yeah. No, I guess not, not. Some of those early, not a lot of things actually. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna let uh, Will continue with the comics hands in the dulcet tones of NPR with his voice. You okay, some yeah, ASMR over here. But... <laughs> I just yeah. No, I, I am drinking White Claw like an animal. Yeah, but it's uh, high, high octane. Man, White Claw, or what do you want to call it? Like, it's Hobo Power. It's, ho- it's Hobo Power. It's yeah. extreme White Claw. Yeah. Bone Claw. <laughs> so Sam Walker, he dies, a hero. Mm-hmm. But he was a supporter of Wesson's, but really Colt kind of takes his name since he helped with the design and plays that up. So mm-hmm. Wesson's kind of shit out of luck because he's gone and he wasn't getting a government contract. But uh, they still go and move to Hartford and go deeper in debt. But uh, his brother Daniel was tinkering away on shit. And then he comes up with a patent for a gun that shoots uh, seven barrels at the same time. Or the knife gun would be better. So that's getting back away from practical territory, more into cartoon bullshit territory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said it shoots seven bullets at once? Seven barrels at this one. Seven barrels. Okay. That was going to be my next question. You can just make a shotgun. (laughs) They already had shotguns. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but this has seven barrels. I know. 
So it's going to be seven times as expensive as a one. I don't think you understand. This has seven seven barrels. (laughs) That you have to load individually as opposed to you can at least get a double-barreled shotgun. But it has seven barrels. That you have to load individually to fire even less. That's why you buy ten of them. And you Ah. you put the whole gun loaded on bandoliers on your your persons. And then you ride your horse real fast (laughs) through the woods. (laughs) Nobody makes it out alive. Half mile down the road, Sam Colt has a real factory of his own, making a lot of guns now. Like like a big boy. dragoons you were talking about the last episode. But the government was mad at Colt because he was protecting his patent and would sue anybody who'd come up with anything resembling a revolver. I almost saw a patent law is supposed to kind of work. He's standing in front of his patent with with a loaded fucking pistol. Colt Dragoon, yeah. Ready to blast anybody that comes near it. Uh, Wesson tried to get a patent for a revolver, but uh, said it was too close to Colt's. Edwin Wesson was also beset from all his family who wanted money from him, too. So he's going deeper in debt. But his family didn't know of his money problems. He just kept on making it rain. Mm-hmm. 1849, his creditors came and seized $1,200 worth of his possessions. And in January, he comes down with the chills. And dies. And dies. One would think, as a gun manufacturer, you could do something about the creditors showing up and taking their possessions <laughs> in the 1800s. Look, factory workers, you're going to let these bastards take our shit? So his brother Daniel takes over, but the creditors met, so they figured that the factory wouldn't cover his debt if they sold it. So they wanted uh, Thomas Werner to partner with Daniel. So the creditors thought, the, you know, even though the Wessons were best at making the rifles, they were still too expensive. Right. But over the summer, the patent office approved a revolver that Edwin submitted. Uh, now, whoever held that patent could challenge Colt, but in the meantime, Wesson plant uh, was up for auction. So all this is up in limbo. Jesus. Daniel Wesson stayed in Hartford and started a new gun building company with uh, $400 from his wife's family. March 1850, Daniel Wesson and a couple others started a new gun company, Mass Arms Like Massachusetts company. Arms. Yep. Not like, here's a big pile of guns. Oh, I mean, there is still a big pile of guns, but... Yeah. Uh, one of the other dudes involved was Horace Smith. <gasps> Wait a second. Smith and Wesson. Oh, Whoa. shit. So the new company's sole purpose was to make the Wesson and Levitt revolver, which was 15 inches long. They called them Army revolvers, hoping the Army would actually buy them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> That's great. That's like the, uh, fuck, who was it? The always carry the Navy pistols. Oh, uh, well, a lot of times Wild Bill. What, yeah, Wild Bill and... Navy sixes were common because they were thirty eight caliber. Uh-huh. So if you were just a like, I'm going to shoot people recreationally. Yeah. You don't need as big of a gun to carry around. You, you carry a, a gentleman's pistol. <laughs> so, but Colt didn't like it because they're infringing on his patent. Yeah, but it's called the real good army awesome gun. Mm-hmm. So you, it's different. Awesome gun, great job. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. I keep my seed in tubes and plastic bags. Put it in your wife, you get a clown in nine months. The women I breed with are clean and have real clown traits. Look, I'm a clown breeder. Colt was making uh, baby dragoons too to fit in your pocket yep. for those gentlemen. <laughs> right, and those are, I think those were 32s or 38s, and that's just a small... I'm just imagining them made it by play school. They're like right. plastic and shit. Well, yeah. they, what's that fucking stupid... Stupid company that's like my first AR. Like there is some oh, shit yeah. like that. But it's like it's like a stuffed animal that no! also shoots or something. No, it's a goddamn AR, but it's in twenty two. It's for your child. <laughs> shit, you not. All right, here we have the JR fifteen We One Tactical. We're launching it this year at Shot Show twenty twenty two. It is a youth model AR inspired platform, chambered in twenty two long rifle. It weighs in at two point two pounds without any of the accessories. 
Uh, it's 20% smaller than the full-size AR platform. It has a seven-position adjustable buttstock for every size of uh, the younger shooters. It has a full-size Picatinny rail and M-lock handguard to use our standard accessories. Uh, we have a patented locking safety mechanism on here. It'll close the bolt, move the firearm to the safe position. There's a heavy spring on this side that allows an adult to pull this up, rotate 180 degrees. Then on the other side, we are locked out and you cannot manipulate the safety. Pull that back out, rotate it. The firearm functions like a standard AR. All the internal fire control groups are the same style, but scaled down 20%. Um, it is uh, designed as a first shooter firearm platform. Um, ships with a one round and five round magazine. Start the shooter out one round at a time, get them familiarized with the platform, make sure they're using it safely before you move up to that five round capacity or 10 round capacity. Show some more pictures of the whole family with, with ARs or yeah. something. I always enjoy those. Fucking Lord. Lord. Straight, straight. Straight and straight from the church. Yep. Yep. Real healthy. Yeah, what was that? Was it Lauren Bobert, the one that was like, yeah. was like, Jesus wouldn't have been crucified if he had a no, AR-15? That was, that was MGT. Oh, fucking or whatever. MTG or whatever. Anyway, uh, that baby dragoon it, engraved on it was the scene of the Texas Navy killing Mexicans. Oh, uh, that's, <laughs> uh, most dragoons have, they have, they have engravings of, I thought it was, the original ones I think was uh, Rangers fighting Comanches, or something like that. They have, yeah. It was probably that. Instagrammer guy doing great. Oh, yeah, the, the, shaky the hands. Keeper Elf guy, shaky hands. Uh, so Colt thought his idea of the cylinder was his alone, and but he had to extend the, extend the time of his patent. So there's a dragoon versus a baby dragoon. Oh, I see. There's a significant difference. Yeah. Well, I think what's a dragoon still about a seven pound pistol, some shit like that. So Wesson is challenging his his patent there, but uh, so his monopoly would be in jeopardy if they, they, uh, Went through on Wesson's patent too. Monopoly would be in jeopardy if he didn't pass jail or get didn't pass go, didn't collect two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Haven't played Monopoly in a minute. So Colt's patent attorney filed suit on Wesson and Company in September eighteen fifty. Uh, Daniel Wesson has switched mostly to revolvers, uh, making few rifles. Colt's attorney was Ned Dickerson. <laughs> All right. Or not Ned Ryerson. Needle nose Ned. Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. Well? Uh, Wesson's was Rufus Choate. Rufus Choate? Mm-hmm. That's dangerously close to something else. <laughs> Uh, he got somebody off of a, a murder charge. Oh, murder, okay. By saying his client was sleepwalking while he was murdering. <laughs> <laughs> Rufus the Hammer Choate. Yeah. <laughs> Texas Hammer. <laughs> so Choate brings in a bunch of revolvers that were made long before Colts to say, you know, Check people have other had, had this idea before. But uh, Dickerson managed to pry from a defense witness uh, that uh, he admitted that parts were added to the old guns to make them look different. Like, yep. Okay. They like put a like uh, like in the eighties how they'd put a scope on everything. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Fucking, doesn't matter what it is. Or like uh, Terminator, the original Terminator, that giant laser sight that's mm -hmm. like longer than the fucking pistol. <laughs> and then you got like Mac tens with deer rifle scopes for reasons, like Snake Plissken. Because they look cool, mm -hmm. man. Shit. They look cool. 
if you're a moron. Also, like that that would be a fantastic if these two guys after the after this case is done, they like join forces and start a like a fucking you know law group together. Be like a fucking Dickerson and Choate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Choate that Dickerson. <laughs> uh, so when the so now the the uh, Choate looks like a liar, but when summations came, he was sick in bed. And the trial was delayed a few days, but then had to go on. So another uh, lawyer took over. He said that if Colt pushed through the new patent, uh, it would be the sole purpose of derailing Wesson, which was kind of a fraud because he had a new new one out there. Uh, the judge was Levi Woodbury. <laughs> he was former Secretary of the Navy and Treasury under Andrew Jackson. Governor of New Hampshire, a U.S. Senator, ran for president and was on the Supreme Court. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, wears a lot of hats. Yep. So the jury decided that Wesson had violated Colt's patent, and they had made 800 at the time, so now they couldn't anymore. So those are probably actually real expensive. Yep. Oh, yeah. But they wouldn't give up. Uh, Smith had ideas. He took Walter Hunt's volition repeater and re- improved it. Volition or volcanic? Uh, there is a volcanic one. Yeah, volcanic up. is kind of the pre- precursor to a lot of lever action shit, and they sucked because the ammo was weird and shitty. Was it made of lava rock or something? No, just underpowered. Uh, they actually, if you play Red Dead 2, you can get a volcanic pistol and a volcanic rifle in there, which I don't think there were that many. Like, a lot of the guns in Red Dead 2 are some pretty rare fucking shit. Like, nobody was using those fucking things because mm-hmm. they suck. But we do have that volcanic one coming up at some point. Yeah, that's a uh, precursor to, I want to say, the Henry. Oh, yeah. So, 1848, the Mexican-American War was over. Not everybody was happy, though, because the Democrats... Especially the Mexicans. The Democrats wanted all of Mexico, but the Whigs thought the war was wrong and didn't want to have anything to do with the new land. But I want all of Mexico. <laughs> also in 1848, Oliver Winchester got a new patent on a shirt. Oh, that, good. Whoa, that, this had a rounded seam around the neck so it wouldn't be pulled down by your suspenders. Oh, yeah. We got to remember belt loops weren't invented yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, and he moves to New Haven, Connecticut, too. But ready-made clothing was just beginning... For men and uh, not yet women, though, because you can make your own clothes, oh, ladies. <laughs> uh, he teams up with John May Davies, another clothier. Uh, rather than compete with each other, they join forces. Fucking haberdasher. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't thinking of killing people yet with guns, so he gets into flowers and he was head of the New Haven Horticultural Society. <laughs> what turns with his him? I'm, I'm excited to find out. Ready made shirts. Fucking Dolores and her fucking peonies always taking first prize. <laughs> Smuggles her or smothers her with a fucking bunch of shirts in her sleep. Got to strangle her with. The, then he gets the, the bloodlust, starts making fucking guns after that. Yeah. <laughs> so Colt now basically he's the only guy who can make revolvers. Uh, after his victory, he goes to London to the World's Fair of Industry to show off his guns. To the oh, gun show. Let's go to gun show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is when the Crystal Palace is built. Oh, yeah, which uh, has, uh, I think it was Owen's uh, depictions of early dinosaurs is where they had, uh, oh, the iguanodon that doesn't look anything like an iguanodon. Like, it's a bunch of, like, big model dinosaurs in, like, kind of a natural setting. Pretty much looks like a fucking arboretum, but it has, like, animals that never existed. It's like it plaster like, dinosaurs? Real. Yeah, well, cement, I think. Okay. Was, I, got, I think a couple of the iguanodons are still there. And they had some big weird bird. I mean, and they actually had a fundraising dinner inside one of the model iguanodons. Oh, okay. Thing. It's right. it's not very big either, but there's an illustration of it with like 
20 guys sitting around a table in this big fucked up rhinoceros looking lizard thing, which is not what an iguanodon <laughs> looks like. But that was paleontology. But if he really wanted to show off his guns, he should have just shot all the windows out. Cause That's it's all, right, because it's all, all glass. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> hey, check it out. But the peace next there didn't want guns there at the expo. Fucking British. Hippies. But they also had a living barometer, which what? was a jar full of leeches. What? That's... So if a storm was near, it would, the leeches would try to climb out. <laughs> then it would trigger some bells that hit a hammer. And it oh. actually worked. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> right, I know what our new Etsy project is. <laughs> no, the the weather at the tens and twos. And, oh my <laughs> god, get them off! <laughs> oh, fucking shit! Ding 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 ding. Queen Victoria wasn't impressed with all the Americans' uh, contributions to the expo. There was it all guns, probably. In, yeah, in one remote, <laughs> a yeah. remote fucking water mine. Like yeah, a remote water mine and a uh, probably like a uh, plow. <laughs> but the Duke of Wellington liked it. Yep. I can kill more foxes and peasants. <laughs> uh, he was a hero of Waterloo. Oh, and more Napoleons. Uh, he was 82 at the time. He thought uh, Colt's guns were impressive, and the British Army were fighting in South Africa at the time. Mm. So they took notice. Mm. Uh, also, uh, at the Americans' uh, Expo, had, they had McCormick's Reaper, and Charles Goodyear had brought vulcanized rubber. Yep. McCormick's Reaper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what they make the seasoning salt out of? Yep. <laughs> it's for mowing grass. Oh, know, sure, sure. Behold, taco seasoning. Yeah. The hell's a taco? <laughs> yeah. Um, Gail Borden brought brusket, uh, biscuits there. Not briskets. Briskets. Gail Borden? Gail Borden. Is that yeah. like uh, Borden's Lizzie Borden's mom milk. or something? No, yeah. Borden's condensed milk. And yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Maybe that's why. Okay, so when I was in Japan, like the number one brand of like ice cream was Lady Borden is what it was called. I was I thought it was just like some axe murder blood blood flavored ice blood cream. flavored ice cream, but I didn't realize there was Borden's fucking dehydrated milk or whatever you just said. Mm, maybe. Colt, he goes by Colonel Colt now. Dude, he's full of shit. <laughs> Change my first name to Colonel. <laughs> well, it's like Harlan Sanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So he was never in the army, but he backed a friend for governor. And when the, he got elected, the governor made him a oh, colonel in the off. state militia. Oh, fuck off. Which is totally honorary, but it didn't stop him. Fucking Theodore, so. Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt was lieutenant colonel in the fucking 1st Volunteer Cavalry, a unit which he made up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you, yeah, if you if you make up the fucking the army or whatever that you're in, you can give yourself whatever fucking title. Well, you that's want. why the Rough Riders were called the Rough Riders. They yeah. had different uniforms than everybody else, and they had different rifles. And TR got his uniform made at fucking Brooks Brothers because we're playing. Well, we're Bro- playing army. Also, Brooks Brothers. Yeah, they 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 got the contract to make all, a bunch of fucking military uniforms anyway. Well, he did, but like, and they were all garbage. Well, but TRs were. Fancy. Well, yeah, he's a fancy lad. Yeah. So, just like TR, he goes to a fancy clothier in New York City, and he designed him an army uniform. Probably is goddamn Brooks Brothers. Probably is. Uh, of course, he got to have a big hat with an ostrich feather. Of course, that's how they. That's how you're, you're a fucking sword fighter, killing machine. Oh, good mm-hmm. <laughs> things. I am Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, chief metallurgist to King Charles V of Spain. And I'm at your service. So now he wouldn't need a spokesman like Sam Walker. He just pretended to be Sam Walker. Fucking stolen valor ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Colt spoke at the British Institute of Civil Engineers. He was the first American to do so. And of course, civil engineers need to know about guns. Mm-hmm. We're going to build this bridge with, with guns. guns. 
He said that rapid shooting guns were needed for, quote, frontiers still inhabited by hordes of Aborigines. Yep. Which the British had a lot. Yeah, it was like, Aborigines, you say? Colonies in in the uh, Aboriginal, original. It just so happens half the places we're colonizing uh, happen to have these annoying Aboriginals. (laughs) Tell me more about your repeating rifle. These uninhabited places that we're (laughs) we're colonizing. So other makers were just trying to put out revolvers, but Colt would always send, Slap them down. send Dickerson after him. They even put, him. They even would print warnings to him and say, "Just don't even try." Yeah, yeah. It's better for everyone if you just don't. So his patent wouldn't expire until 1857. So he's got about 10 years of, of stuff here, almost. But that was plenty of time to sell them to militaries all across the world and make a whole bunch of money. He'd give uh, fancy revolvers to politicians, uh, one to Franklin Pierce, the new president, and to foreign countries, even to know, even to Mexico. Uh, hey, Mexico, here's a pistol. <laughs> Remember how we came down and shot? Yeah. Want to buy some guns? 1853, he established a factory in London. He also had an eye on the Asian markets. And Commodore Matthew Perry went to Japan to open trade uh, by gunpoint, like you talked about the other time. And he sent a hundred of his revolvers with in that expedition. Uh, 1853, as luck would have it, Russia and the Ottoman Empire got into it. And Russia wanted to gain access to the Mediterranean through Turkey. Good thing they're not doing that now or anything. And France and England were worried about their trade routes. So they joined on the Turk side. And that's the Crimean War. Yay. So England knew that they needed more guns and pistols by Colt. So, U.S. was neutral at the time. So That's weird. Colt got to sell guns to both sides. Great. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's exactly what I thought. He just got a, a tent set up, and he's like, anybody want to buy some guns? Well, that's the fucking Maxim gun in uh, World War One. We want to be fair and balanced, so everybody needs to buy all of my guns. Mm-hmm. You know what will help you defeat the Hun? The Devil's Paintbrush. You know what will help you defeat the British? The Devil's Paintbrush. Is that what they call that thing? Yeah, that's what the troops would call it. I did not know that. So, he told England that he wouldn't. Sell to the other side, but even though he's just making them in he England. And he told the other side that he wouldn't sell to England. <laughs> he had his fingers crossed behind his back. Uh-huh. Uh, Thomas Seymour, he was that governor that made him colonel. He was now ambassador to Russia, uh, which helped him sell 3,000 revolvers to Russia. But at the time, Prussia, not Russia, closed its borders to Russia. So Colt tried to smuggle them in in bales of cotton, but they were discovered and confiscated, though. In London, they are cranking out 300 revolvers a week. Colt even got so desperate, he employed women. Oh. But they earned two to three shillings, which was the same as children. Well, yeah. Ch- like children were her property. Children were three to four shillings apiece? Uh, two to three and eight if you're just a regular, regular man. Oh. Uh, Winchester hired women, too, to make shirts. And <laughs> to make shirts. Got it. He buys sewing machines oh. to speed up the process. 1855, now super rich, Winchester looked for other investments. He heard about a new kind of ammo that a cartridge contained a bullet and all the ingredients to make it go boom. Uh, Smith and Wesson were behind it, and they were looking for investors. But the cartridge idea wasn't new like any other idea. Uh, Like other inventions, they were just improved to the point of working. Yeah, like uh, Colt, you know, I was talking about the Walker Colts, like a lot of times he did a paper cartridge. Well, Colt was also working on a tinfoil cartridge for a while, too, so you wouldn't have to, you know, dick around. Uh, Horace Smith was working, actually, at this time on uh, exploding harpoon for whaling. 
because that's what you need. Dude, all right, so I got my Steam Deck, and I've, I picked up uh, the Mad Max video game recently again, because uh, I played it for a little bit and then got interested with something else. I haven't played it since then. But I just upgraded the fucking Magnum Opus, my car, with, uh, they're called Thunder Spoons, but it's, uh, you have a harpoon, and uh, what's his name? Uh, your fucking mechanic buddy. What do they call him? No, he's in the fucking movie. It doesn't matter. Oh, is it uh, fucking Nux? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like basically, he's hanging out in the back of your car, and like you can you can have him just like fire harpoons at shit and drag people people or people's cars around. But with the thunder spoon, if you equip that, you blow shit up. It's so fucking badass. But yeah, basically exploding harpoons. Okay, they're bad. They're fucking rad. Just drive around blowing up people's cars all day. Well, I think the impetus between the exploding harpoons for the whaling is, you know, before that you had to put a bunch of harpoons in them and they drag your whale boats around until they get tired. It, you know, you can just one blow up its heart. Yeah. Just give it some horse meth. If you get yeah. enough ho- enough horse meth, it'll blow up its heart right. too. <laughs> uh, Smith and Wesson probably met each other in Worcester, Massachusetts. Uh, Smith was 16 years older. Uh, he lost his wife and child when Wesson was still a teenager. At the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a bear attack. Where'd they go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Smith learned all his stuff at the Armory in Springfield. Uh, Wesson was making fine rifles on a smaller scale. Yeah, they're fine. They formed their partnership in 1852 in Connecticut, and they would concentrate on perfecting the cartridge. The turn of the century saw the first try at the, at the cartridge in Paris, Louis Flaubert. Flaubert. <clears throat> you said the turn of the century. What century? 1800s. So in, okay. Gotcha. Oh, actually, this is the 1840s. Oh, my stopped running. Jeez. I might be allergic to something in your neighborhood. Yeah. I wasn't doing this when I was home, and now I'm just producing snot like Remington produces firearms. <laughs> How the West was fucked will be right back. Hi, I'm Todd Woodruff from Guns, Germs, and Steel. What do we sell? Solutions. Solutions to all your problems. Are strangers talking to you in public? The BOGO Mace is for you. We call it BOGO because it's got two personal security tools in one. It's an easily concealable one-handed offense implement featuring a three-pound spiked ball and a 10-inch chain. Just flip open the bottom cap on the handle to dispense our maximum potency military-grade pepper spray. No one will ever ask you for a cigarette again. Got a pesky neighbor? Try the Boomstick! This 12-gauge double-barrel Remington is GGS's top of the line. Made in Grand Rapids, Michigan, this sweet baby retails for just $109.95. Features a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. Daughter's boyfriend doesn't know his place. This plus four two-handed battle axe is the biggest melee weapon that we make. Don't let its size fool you. There's nothing awkward or clumsy about this axe. Yes, it's big and meant to be carried over the shoulder, but it's very well balanced and easily wielded at people of larger stature and strength. Try double-wielding this beautiful matched pair of authentic Japanese katanas and earn the respect from your peers and enemies that you deserve. So come see us inside the Miles City Westfield Shopping Center, two stalls down from the Orange Julius, and remember, for every $200 you spend, you get to pick a vial of biological horrors from the virus rack. See us today at Guns, Germs, and Steel. So actually, he makes Flaubert makes one in the 1840s. It had volatile fulminate in the base. It was just like dripping out of his face. Mm-hmm. I saw it. It's bad. It's oh. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> you look like Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. 
<laughs> or that like Ghostbusters porn that we watch. I think he's psychic. It's ectoplasm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the Flaubert, he had a, a, a cartridge, but it had volatile fulminate in the base, but no powder. Volatile fulminate? Fulminate yep. of mercury, probably. Or not mercury. Yeah. Everything's mercury back then, dude. <coughs> no, it's using... Detonators. Okay, now we've stopped producing snot. Now we're going to sneeze for every. Uh, there's something <laughs> blooming in your neighborhood. <laughs> Holy shit. Bo's getting bilious as fuck over here. I am. Let's get bilious up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. Let's be the hobo trees sprouting. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so, with no powder in your shell, it kind of lacked power, but that didn't matter because it was a gentleman's uh, indoor target practice. Yeah, you just set up a couple of phone books at the end of the room and put a target on it and shoot into that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just like Elvis shooting yeah. TVs. Oh, sure. But Wesson took that idea, the idea of a pin fire cartridge. Mm-hmm. <coughs> this is great. Bo has his uh, his red bandana up like he's about to rob a fucking bank. Mm. I don't know. It's just going to keep happening. Let's power through. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Wesson steals that idea of the the pin fire but the pin extended from base from the base though so it could be easily set off especially if you carried a whole bunch in your pocket so they tinkered uh, with it and they partnered with Cortland palmer oh like the cartridges itself had the pin mm-hmm. okay. oh i see so if you're walking around with a pocket full of cartridges <coughs> they've got the firing pin as part of the cartridge yeah mm-hmm. the firing pins in there and then you just you blow your fucking well, i was gonna say off. that when we were talking about the walker colt that was one of the things on the list too because there's cap and ball pistols so the problem with if you're carrying around an extra cylinder and you've already got the caps on there if you got that like in your saddlebag or something and it's bounced around in there and those percussion caps are basically like the primer in a modern pistol cartridge except for you don't need a pin you know all it takes is the flat hammer something to hit against to hit it, it right and, and um so you know Having a loaded cylinder full of bullets primed to go off at the slightest impact carried in, like, your shirt pocket or a saddlebag, probably not the safest. Bad. So, yeah. So they partner with Palmer because he already owned a lot of the patents, so at least they wouldn't be infringing on Partner with Palmer for the patents? Mm -hmm. August 1854, the patent was issued for the cartridge and a gun, and the gun was named the Volcano. Yep. Papers thought it was rad, but it still didn't sell. It was a. They called it the rocket ball. Yeah, the, the rocket ball. Yep. I'm imagining like you said. The papers thought it was rats. Like <laughs> this just in. This gun is rad. <laughs> but it still didn't pack enough punch to actually kill right. somebody. Right, and they right? had a pistol and rifle version, and they just sucked. Partnered with Palmer, but it didn't pack a punch. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. It was piss poor performance. <laughs> uh, summer 1855. Winchester throws his money into guns. Like, loads them into cannons and shoots them mm-hmm. over the place. Into the Volcanic Repeating Arms Company. Yep. Hey. Which, shit, you even you type in volcanic and the only thing that comes up is Henry's. So they take over from Smith & Wesson and Palmer and paid them off. And Winchester and all other investors took over. And the company moved to New Haven because I guess everything has to be in New Haven. Jesus, for real. Well, um, like, you know, Detroit made cars. New Haven makes guns. Uh, made guns. And uh, Hartford. Smith left the company and remained in Norwich, and Wesson stayed as plant supervisor and moved to New Haven with the company. 
the investors spent a lot of money for machinery and promotion, but lacked reserves to keep going if the gun didn't sell. The company had to turn to Winchester himself for loans. And in February 1856, Wesson quits, which left him without anybody who knew how to make a gun. Uh, You're going to need that. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> uh, one guy dies, so Winchester takes over as president. Then the company went bankrupt. Uh, Winchester paid off enough debts by himself to keep the patents, though, and started a new company. Called? The New Haven Arms Company. Damn it. <laughs> Almost got there. <laughs> Uh, Winchester was president, treasurer, and largest shareholder. Have you guys ever been to the New Haven's Arm Company mansion down in California? Yeah. It's in Barstow. (laughs) (laughs) And for help, he got B. Tyler Henry. Yeah. Like the Henry repeater? Mm Mm-hmm. One would think. I'd hope. Let's find out. (laughs) Or is it Henry's root beer? Is that a thing? Yeah, of course. Henry Henry Weinhardt's? Sure. Henry Weinhardt's root beer. Henry's Rollins? Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Colt had to close his plant in England in 1856. Uh, his brother James was running it and was probably skimming profits off of it. Uh, they squared off in court over the money. Uh, but in Connecticut, he built a new plant and his name became synonymous with the revolver. He built a town for the plant and called it Coltsville. Great. Imagine that. Everybody Hershey, loves a company Pennsylvania. Town. Everybody loves a company town. And Especially the owner of the company. Yeah. Yep. And right above it, watching everybody on a mansion on the hill was Colt. We're just going to pay in, in Colt bucks. Yeah. You could use your Colt bucks at the Colt store. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have any food or clothing, but we sell some of the finest revolvers. <laughs> uh, 1857, his patent was about to expire, and others were just waiting in line to jump in on it. But he still invests a whole mu- a bunch of money into a massive expansion. And, of course, he loved to spend money in nitrous. And he lobbied D.C. to extend his patent, and he also looked for new developments to keep ahead of everybody else. I'm imagining him like looking like a fucking what's his ass from Blue Velvet was just like oh, the, Dennis Hopper, Dennis Hopper from Blue Velvet with like the fucking mask on and the tank. Like, you never seen a picture. You never seen no, a picture. Expand this shit, man. Get Sample. this fucking shit expanded. Whip it, and you're about guns. to lose. Yeah, you're about Whip to lose your. Uh, you're about to lose your patents. I don't give a fuck. I want to go home. Take me home. Baby wants to fuck. Get ready to fuck! You fuckers, fucker! You fucker! Uh, Roland White worked for Colt. He redesigned the cylinder and patented it. Colt didn't like it. That's Sam Colt. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But he liked the idea of a board through cylinder. What exactly is a board through cylinder? Just a cylinder board. All That's the all the way through. So mm-hmm. if you got a muzzle loading, or if you got a black powder one, it's just got a, you know it's got an end cap that then you have your little nipples that you put the things on because otherwise you'd put black powder in and it would just fall all the way through the cylinder. Oh. So with a cartridge loaded one, it has a loading gate on the Colt one. Has a loading gate you flip open, shove around in. Click the cylinder over, shove around in, click the cylinder over through the back. So that's a board through cylinder. You could pull the cylinder out and look all the way down it, all the way through it. Wesson also, it would be a lot cheaper to make than the other time because you're literally just making a round thing with a little gear on one end and drilling six holes in it. Uh, Wesson hears of this too, and it would be part of their gun if Wesson can get it uh, out in time. Uh, this time he, he could try to put Colt out of business. If he tried to copy it, if they got the patent first. I'll show him this time. Just like Colt did with his brother, who then died. So it's a little revenge there. What, the gun guys are having revenge? Mm -hmm. So in October 1856, Wesson wrote to White, 
In November, they agreed that Smith & Wesson would have exclusive rights to his cylinder. Ooh. White got $497 and would get 25 cents for every revolver I'm sold. I'm rich! <laughs> but Wesson made a mistake. He just leased the patent. So if somebody infringed on it, it would have to be uh, uh, White that would have to sue him. It's like he uh, <clears throat> he was filling out the paperwork on the internet and then clicked the wrong fucking... Bo- oh, God, right. fucking damn it. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. So White gets the $500 or, or close to it, which is a decent sum in the day, but he wouldn't get the 25 cents a gun if Smith & Wesson wouldn't make them. Right. So at the time, White still stays in the clothing business. Clothes and guns. That's all you need. Really? Well, I mean, well, actually, you don't need pants with your if you have a gun. Well, with your dick out. Yeah. <laughs> Get shot with your dick out. Uh, Smith and Wesson opened a new shop in Springfield, a small one. Uh, late March 1857, one month after Colt's patent expired, Smith and Wesson announced they'd be making a new revolver, one that loaded from the back of the cylinder oh. with self-contained cartridges made of copper. Mm. Not paper. Yeah. yeah. Copper was a kind of good idea, but as we talked about during the Little Bighorn wasn't as good of an idea as something that'll come later because mm-hmm. copper is kind of soft steel and it'll get stuck nope well steel. aluminum brass stone oh brass right mm-hmm. it was a pretty little revolver petite smaller than colt's pocket revolver high cheekbones <laughs> and Out, pouting breasts <laughs> <laughs> the new the all new titty gun <laughs> i want to fuck this gun but it had a low power 22 and it was a seven-shooter. Model number one. Uh, Mark Twain said, quote, it carried a ball like a homeopathic pill, and it took all seven to make a dose for an adult. What? Oh, it's the, <laughs> so bu- to, the bullets are just small, and you have to fucking mag You have to use a the... lot of them? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it couldn't That's hit a lot anything. Of words to get there. <laughs> homeopathic pill? <laughs> like they made them? It's uh, Lannis Morissette's second release. <laughs> <laughs> Jagged little gun. <laughs> Uh, another quote by Mark Twain, our conductor took practice on a cow. <laughs> as long as she stood still and behaved herself, she was safe. It was only then when the conductor took aim at something else, the cow came to grief. <laughs> so I guess I shot it a couple of times and the cow just stood there. And they went to something else. And well, they were, they were missing it the whole time. They couldn't hit something the size of a cow. And then when he like aimed at a bucket behind him, oh, that's it, what he meant. the cow. Okay, that works. Oh, I get it. Okay, I thought maybe they like shot the cow that didn't that didn't phase it, so they shot the cow's like baby or something, and then the cow freaked <laughs> what out. What the fuck? <laughs> no, it hit a it hit a rock and then did a loop de loop. Is this the, back f- the fucking Custer Wolf? <laughs> they shot her calf. Now she's out for revenge. They thought they killed. It's like the fucking Frank Castle of fucking bovine <laughs> bovine Punisher. <laughs> I'm just drowning people in milk. <laughs> teat guns. Did they make ever make teat guns? Yeah, from a uh, redneck rampage. Oh, that video game from the nineties, where the uh, you kill the lady alien, the hot lady dominatrix alien, and she drops her bra, and you put it on, and you're just shooting fucking like bullets out of your tits. Oh. That that's the thing. That's okay. innovative. Yeah. All right. That was a great game. You never played that game? No. I never got to. It was on the, the I, I know I know of it. Yeah, it was like that's the, where the fucking song is from. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's like the Doom engine, the fucking yeah. uh same as uh 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 what's who's the guy? Uh I'm gonna sh- kick rip off your head and shit down your windpipe. Uh, uh Duke Nukem three D. It's on yeah. that same engine. 
But you're like this redneck guy who's get your pig stolen by aliens. Yeah, and the soundtrack's Mojo Nixon. Mojo Nixon and Cement Pond and no, fucking I, I saw, 40, I, saw at, I saw it at fucking Walmart like all the time when mm-hmm. I was trying to buy video games, but I'd choose to buy like fucking Rainbow Six or something instead because yeah. they were like expensive as fuck. Yeah, Redneck Rampage is the shit. <laughs> So White keeps making clothes, which is a good thing, because by the end of 1857, Smith & Wesson sold four revolvers. Wow. So he made $1. <laughs> uh, by 1857, there was a financial panic, too, because all of California's gold started running out, and banks started folding, so they probably rioted in Baltimore. 1858, Smith & Wesson survived, but White went out of business and moved to Iowa, so he's out. What, people don't need clothes? Oh, nobody has money to buy them, I guess. Nope. But they got money to buy guns. Panic didn't stop Colt from spending all his money. He married a daughter of a minister and brought back a bunch of shit for his mansion uh, from New York and Paris. And the This comp- is the shit of the Queen of France. <laughs> this is the shit from the mayor of New York. <laughs> <laughs> so this company that gets all this shit wants to be paid for it. Uh, Colt said, wait till we're all done. Finally, he paid for it only after complaining about it, even though he's probably one of the richest guys in the country. Right. That sounds familiar. Christopher Spencer, his first real job was at a silk factory. Silk or soap? Silk. So he probably- it's just, He's milking spiders. If you haven't figured it out yet, it's a direct line from clothing and textiles to firearms. That's fucking It crazy. makes sense. <laughs> sure. It's just like, you know, like you start uh, aerospace. Where does aerospace start out at? Internet peanut butter manufacturing, clearly. <laughs> of course, of course. God, duh. <laughs> he noticed the Rixford roller. Is that like the Bay City rollers? Mm-hmm. The time? Rixford roller is that like a like a motorcycle or something? Or a wrestler? I, I, I don't know. It's probably part of the machinery there, but it'll come in later. Oh, ro- oh, I got you. Okay, roller. Rixford yes. roller girls. So the 1840s silk silk was the thing. That's why the fur trade went to shit. Mm-hmm. I learned, uh, so in, in Japan, in like the, the like rural area that our friend lives in, there's like a, a dude from England that like lives in that little mountain neighborhood. And uh, he was explaining about how like silk came from like, you know, China and Japan and shit. Yeah. Because like, in, like Westerners didn't know where silk actually came from. Well, because who would have thought, oh yeah, it comes out of the ass of a caterpillar. Yeah, like, but no. a specific caterpillar that only lives in mulberry bushes. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like- they would just buy the silk and buy the silk and buy the silk until somebody finally went like, holy fuck, that's made from a little worm in a bush? Like, And then yeah. they started planting mulberry bushes in England, mm-hmm. and so they could make their own silk right. and shit. It's, well, it's, I was thinking more like uh, when Fry discovers where slurm comes from. Yeah, yeah. Futurama. <laughs> and it's still warm. Yeah. <laughs> but, of course, the mulberry trees have a blight in 1844, so the bubble bursts on that. 
But in 1847, Frank Cheney, who owned the mill, came up with an invention, the Rixford Roller, that made it more efficient and cheaper to twist the silk threads. And costs dropped and profits rose. Uh, so Spencer sees this and he's like, he's inspired to go off and invent something. Uh, he works for the Cheney's on and off over the years uh, with a stop off at Colt Armory. And Spencer was a tinkerer too, like uh, the uh, Rixford Roller guy. He's actually going to invest a bunch of money on this. The Richard Roller rolls the rolls? Yep. So Spencer, see, Spencer <laughs> sees the silk. Uh, s- fuck. All right, I'm gone. I'm lost. <laughs> uh, 1857, Spencer went to work on a rifle that would load from the butt. Yep. <laughs> uh, to, that's basically to avoid patent infringements on the Winchester. Right, because they have the loads from the front tube that you're familiar with. You know, there's the barrel and there's that tube under the barrel on a Winchester. Mm-hmm. Well, this... It's like, oh, we don't want to get sued. Better have it come from the exact opposite end of the gun. I'm an ass man. Yep. <laughs> ass man? No, no, these don't belong to me. I'm, uh, I'm not the ass man. I think there's been a mistake. What's your name again? Cosmo Kramer. Cosmo Kramer. You are the ass man. <laughs> no, I'm not the ass man. Well, well, as far as the state of New York is concerned... You are. Did you get your new plates? Oh, yeah, I got my new plates. But they mixed them up, somebody got mine, and I got their vanity plates. What do they say? Ass man. Ass man? Yeah, ass man, Jerry. I'm Cosmo Kramer, the ass man. Who would order a license plate that says Assman? So when you're done with the seven shots, you just have to take the tube out and reload, which I'm sure is easy. It's actually not that bad, comparatively to some of these older shits. Yeah, as long as you don't bend it while you're getting shot at. Well, and the nice thing would be is you could ostensibly carry extra tubes, but it, you know, it'd be like carrying extra mags. The problem is they're like fucking two and a half feet long. And oh, Jesus. You know, it's like not, not uh, ergonomic. Well, that's why I'd, I would build a system where you can like strap the you could clip them to the actual side of the barrel right yeah you carry them on the gun it'll make it nice and when the barrel gets hot every one of those rounds goes off well once it gets hot you just throw it at your enemy yeah yeah it's like a grenade mm-hmm. playing too much call of duty or and not then, call of duty uh, and then a new gun appears conquer. in your hands yeah <laughs> oh yeah the the engineers cock, cock. <laughs> so cheney and his family were staunch abolitionists they even had to stop on the Underground Railroad. That's weird, because I can't imagine the current Cheneys are. Nope. No. He uh, cheered on Spencer, because he knew if a war was coming, they would take their gun to the government and make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and win not for like their take side. their gun to the government and, yep. like, yeah. insurrection. Okay. So Cheney had money and was well-connected, too, so that helps out. That tracks. Spencer got his patent in March 1860. Uh, Lincoln at the same time was campaigning and touring the Colt and Sharps factory in New Haven. Uh, Lincoln meets with Gideon Wells, who is a friend of the Cheneys, and he was the new newspaper publisher in New Haven. Mm, good guy to know. New newspaper publisher in New Haven? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, got it. And if Lincoln could get elected, Wells could be in his administration, and Spencer could go through him to get his gun built for the government. Okay, nepotism. Or not really nepotism, but just no, it's greasing the wheels. It is. Uh, so Colt couldn't get his patent extended, but he still kept out making pistols. Uh, he designed an 1860 Army one just in time for the war. Uh, things were going well for Colt, except for his health, because he's an old man now in his mid-40s. 
Drinking lots of fine liquor and cigars and gout. Drinking gout. gout. Drinking gout. Drinking gout. Oh, I think this is fucking what, gross. I think this is gout. <laughs> I think what you're drinking <laughs> is definitely gout. gout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Smith and Wesson keep uh, changing around their little 22 that for indoor target practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made more than 11,000 in the first three years. Uh, 1859, they get a real plant. And they make plans for a bigger revolver if the war comes. So more profiteers. It's, They're all war it's humans, dude. If if it's not the question, it's when. I'm sorry, but if you're a gun manufacturer, you kind of have to war profiteer. There's just not as many recreational shooters as there is. Or or you so fear in a in a uh, population and then uh, like deregulate. Yeah, but it's still it does it pales in comparison to the mm. mass amount of orders right. you can get. So we need. NRA to declare war on another three-letter acronym. Like the EPA? Something like that. <laughs> Double up the guns. Bo's going to go try something. He's going to snort some toilet water. This is a paid presentation for Total War and More, brought to you by Bronson Swagger Industries. Hi, I'm Craig Woodruff-Nelson here with my partner Judy Woodruff-Nelson. Welcome to the Total War and More Hour here on the BSI Shopping Network. Now, you may be aware of our competitor, Todd Woodruff, over there at Guns, Germs, and Steel. Let's first get this out of the way. Yes, the rumors are true. He is my brother, but after this short presentation, I think you'll all agree who the better businessman is. Okay, Dad. All right, first up, beautifully displayed here in Judy's palm is not really a weapon per se, but actually an ammunition. We call it the Total War and More Knife Blast. Knife Blast is an extra large shotgun round stuffed with tiny knives. This isn't your run of the mill shrapnel, okay? Each cartridge is filled with honest to goodness miniature Bowie knives, hand sharpened in Malaysia. Go ahead and open one, Dad. Okay, Judy, bring up the next one. Just look at the way that thing hangs off the shoulder. I'm so excited to showcase this one, folks. All right, what we have here is our tippy top of the line Total War and More Battle Musket. This puppy is over four feet long with a six pound axe head attached for the traditional bayonet would be, I mean, talk about versatility. You could reenact the US Civil War or take down a cybernetic elf street samurai on Council Island. It's called Shadow Run, not Fucking space D&D, okay, Pops? Finally, we come to Total War and More's flagship product. Is someone making you mad? Are you looking to place the blame on a family member or significant other and then get away as quickly as possible? Then you need the Escape Go! Whoa, whoa, there, Judy. Gotta be slow. We don't want to spook him. This baby is a live goat. Strapped with two SpaceX Mini Falcons. Are you in Roseburg, Oregon, being ridiculed for rolling for initiative and attack with a beautiful one-of-a-kind set of Dragonbone dice instead of getting a job? Well, with the Escape Goat, you could be in Chattanooga before you can say, you're not my real father. Can't make up your mind now? Come to the Total War and More Brick and Mortar store, located right across from weak-ass guns, germs, and steel inside the Mile City Westfield Shopping Center, adjacent to the Orange Julius, and remember, my brother doesn't have real biologically harmful chemicals, but I do. A Bronson Swagger Company. 
the movie that Disney wants you to forget. Yeah, The Black Cauldron. <laughs> the Song of the South. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Forgot about that old chestnut. <laughs> Speaking of the South. No good. South Carolina leaves the Union. Uh-oh. Why would they do that, Will? Well, I don't know. But uh, so the in April 18, was it 60 or 61? I think yes. it's 61. The Confederates attacked Fort Sumner. The only casualty was a Union soldier who got killed when a cannon exploded prematurely. Mm-hmm. Premature canyonation. They were going to give a uh, 100-gun salute when they surrendered. So he was probably just standing right in front of it. The fuck? Probably trying to set it off with a pistol. Doing a 100-gun salute when they surrendered? Oh, the Confederates were? Yeah, yeah. I was like, why would Fort Sumner, like, we'll show them we're going to surrender, but we're going to do it with fucking pizzazz. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> So the we surrender. Like send the marching band out. Right. Here's our surrender song. <laughs> this is my surrender. Well, fight song doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so Springfield Armory stepped it up because when Virginia seceded, it had Harper's Ferry, the other oh, armory. No. What happened at Harper's Ferry, Tony? Uh, sword guy. John Brown. John Brown. John Just Brown. Sword guy. Fucking Conan the Barbarian, storm the gates. <laughs> Harper's Ferry. So the government turned to private company for all their guns. Which government? The government. The government. Both. Well, there's only one legitimate one. Well, yeah, I know. The others are rebels. Rebel, 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 rebel. <laughs> was it? Was it? Grimace? Uh, Fry guys. No, that's Fry guy. No, it's the fucking the hamburger. Hamburglar. Hamburglar. Was he a Confederate? Rubble, rubble. Oh. Yeah, dude. Rubble, rubble. That's why he wore the mask. Oh, okay. Because he's also a school teacher in the North, but he was also a part of the... Underground the, Railroad? No, the uh, the Rebel Army, but he couldn't tell anybody. That's why he couldn't find a gray uniform, so it's where his uh, white and... White and black. black. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, if you if you really squint or looking from far away, right. it's gray. If he washes it in hot water. <laughs> <laughs> if he washed it. Yeah. Ever. No, you got to get a fucking... Meat juices and shit out of your fucking shit. <laughs> Ketchup stains. And- yeah. Or you can be like Clint Eastwood and it's like, hey, we're rebels too. And then they dust off and then there's blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that wasn't Clint Eastwood. That was, uh, what's it, uh, Tuco. The ugly? Yeah, the ugly. <laughs> Not the good or the bad. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. Just but- the ugly. You guys ever do pickle races at McDonald's? Uh, it sounds like a... Sex movie? It's not. No, when circle we were, jerk. When we were something. kids, we used to like uh, you'd open up your cheeseburger, you everybody take one pickle off, and you throw them at the window, oh. and then see who's fucking gets to the bottom. You no, know, I never did that because I always ordered my cheeseburgers with no pickles, no onions. That's fucking bullshit. Pickles are excellent. That's why even di- those fake that's ones why, they put on McDonald's. That's why burgers. I like dicks because they don't put fucking any of that extraneous shit on my cheeseburger. You're like, I didn't order a fucking salad. No, I didn't order a large farva. Give me a liter of cola. There's all right, whatever. No spit. All right, go. I was caught behind somebody with a King Diamond sticker on their Burger King. Well, it should have been Burger King, but it was Burger just King a regular Diamond. King Diamond sticker. And underneath it was another sticker that said, I like soccer moms or something like, or I ride soccer moms. Awesome. <laughs> My other car is a soccer mom? Yep. Oh, speaking of Kings, the Burger King's gone. So the Burger King is gone. Oh, Rex? Rex is gone, man. Shit. Because the, bur- the Burger King is boarded up and oh, yeah. it's going to get torn his down. Kingdom. His, My kingdom has fallen on hard times. Yep. He had to fucking move to a different Burger King. Different Burger King, King I mean, yeah. Sad, sad day in America. Welcome to Burger King. Can I take your order, please? I have a walk with the 
couldn't just get a Arby's cowboy hat or something. Yeah. <laughs> or like a Wendy's wig. Unfortunately, there's no goddamn Arby's in Seattle anymore either, nope. unless you go up to Edmonds. Nope. The only like we got a we got a McDonald's. Man, that's what I'm doing. If I fall on hard times, I'm getting a straight up like Buford Tannen fucking suit and hanging out by the Arby's up at Edmonds. <laughs> I'll I'll be Wendy. I'll hang out in front of Wendy's. <laughs> sure. So uh, the Cheneys would bankroll Spencer to make the rifles, and they would give Spencer the royalties, but they would royalties. take most of the profits, though, and the Cheneys used their connections to get a government contract. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, there's no factory making Spencers, though. Just a few prototypes made at home. Awesome. <laughs> fucking bespoke, fucking... Handmade art, artisanal fucking pipe, military rifles. Pipe bombs and <laughs> just. Well, actually, you know, 80% lowers and, you know, quote unquote ghost guns. Yeah. You know. So basically, they're in uh, Colt's position at the time is like, well, we got this thing, but we don't have a factory for it. They also had to deal with James Wolf Ripley, the same guy who is now chief of ordnance. Oh, that fucking. Old, crusty guy. Yeah. He's old and stubborn. Uh, he was born in the 1700s. Oh, the you didn't fill your form out right guy? Yep. In my day, we used a cutlass and a blunderbuss. What's wrong with that? Hashtag American Horse Pirate. He called uh, repeating rifles, quote, newfangled gimracks. I like that. He was nicknamed Ripley Van Winkle. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, you old piece of shit. Shots fucking fired. Spencer called him fossilized. Nice. (laughs) Got some fucking gunshade. But uh, Ripley was uh, Ripley was beset by all these new gunmakers trying to cash in. Yeah. Give me that word one. Newfangled what? Gim cracks. Gim cracks. Gim cracks. Okay. I think I said gim racks before. Ooh, gim racks. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Newfangled gim rack. <laughs> but he knew that Colt had the bi- best and biggest factory. Uh, but it would t- still take six months to deliver the first delivery of any sort of guns. And Colt was still selling guns to the south. Now you know. And he was even accused of selling to the uh, South at a discount. Oh, because well, shit. Because they didn't have as much money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Will you take 15? Fuck, I guess, dude. Yeah. Shit. All right. Uh, Elephant Remington got into revolvers, too. But he had bowel problems. <laughs> Say bowel or ball? Bowel. Bowel. Yeah. Probably appendicitis, and he died in July 1861 oh, before he really got to make his mark on killing people on a large scale. Or his company carried on for... Uh, the Cheneys hired a lobbyist to work on General Ripley and others. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, and then they sent Spencer himself to D.C. to show the rifle to General George McClellan. He didn't get he didn't get killed by the Capitol fucking police or anything. Was it well? Was it Spencer that literally walked into the fucking White House with the Spencer and showed it to Lincoln? Yep, just kind of walked in there. Jesus Christ! And then they well, and then they went out like the next day and went out on the Capitol Ball and just set up some targets and fucking were shooting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, literally, just carries a rifle into the president, who will later be assassinated's office. That's fucking crazy. Might be an indicator of, <laughs> yeah. like... We're getting into that, though. But they're still working on Ripley. He said the guns were too heavy, and the springs in their magazines might wear out. They were too heavy compared to the giant fucking iron and oak muskets. Fucking four feet long. That, that were, like, <laughs> as tall as your soldier with a three-foot fucking bayonet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also said they're too expensive. Well, that's probably true. Cheney didn't give up, though. He wrote to Secretary of War Cameron and promised 10,000 rifles at $40 a piece, which were super cheap. And the deal was too good to pass up, and Ripley was forced to comply. But now they had to find a place to actually make them and the machinery and the men to do it. 
Uh, so they set up a factory in Atlanta. What's the problem? No. <laughs> we'll, f- we'll figure that part out. That's It doesn't matter, as long as we get the contract. Uh, so they incorporated, and Scientific American uh, ran an article touting the rifle, which hadn't been made yet. <laughs> well, well it's, they, it's very similar to, like, you remember in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, like every video game had that OICW in it. It's going to be the Army's new rifle, caseless ammo and thermal sights and like all this shit. It appeared in, like, video game after video game. And it, it never, never got made. Well, because the caseless ammo, when it got wet, would turn into mush, and it was just way too complicated, way too expensive. And they did the same thing with the, uh, was it, the XM8? Was that, that the was, one that can, like, shoot around corners and shit? No, they can't do that. that. There was one that, like... There's the Israeli corner shot, Yeah, but that's just a holder for your Glock, and it has a screen on it. Oh, okay. You're probably thinking, the I think it's the XM, was it XM25 uh, Punisher? Like a twenty-five millimeter launcher that it like kind of has smart rounds and sh- yeah they I think they just scrapped that too because they cost as much as a fucking Humvee or two to build and they're big and heavy and maybe effective but so yeah. Spencer and the Cheneys they find a piano making factory in Boston to make them yes because everybody was horny for pianos at the time yes it was a big piano boom so it was the Chickering Piano Forte Company Chickering Piano Forte Company yep all right Pinky's out. Uh, so Spencer designed the machinery for the shared factory, so pianos on one side and guns the other. <laughs> oh, they're like, they're not taking it over, they're like, just moving in? hmm Oh, fuck. Uh, they use steam power for turning shafts. Uh, Spencer also made a crude automobile with a steamer on it. Mm-hmm. Blowing coal fire and smoke from a four-foot smokestack. Fuck yeah. For, just for fun? Like, I bet I could build a car? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I, I'm, I'm back on this guy's side. <laughs> He was responsible for one of the first automobile accidents. <laughs> was he, he insured? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> he sideswiped a milk wagon. No, no. I mean, we've all done that. I'm sure it exploded too, like <laughs> loaded weapon. Or whatever. <laughs> uh, by the end, 1861, Colt's health was uh, dropping off. He had rheumatic fever and gout. He told his wife he expected to die, and two days later, he did at age 47. Jesus. Did he commit suicide? No, by gout. I, I may die in two days. I don't think you die from gout. Well, whatever. Other I'm stuff. sure there's other stuff, too. He probably died of heart failure because gout makes you not be able to walk well. And if you don't walk, then, you know, you just die from sitting still. Okay. 1,500 workers passed through to see his casket. Because it was mandatory. And, and just it was probably on, 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 his, on their breaks so they wouldn't get paid for it, too. Right. Oh, sure, yeah. 1862, October. Oliver Winchester was pissed at George Dennison Prentice. Prentice was selling his Henry rifles at below cost to Union loyalists, just so they wouldn't fall into the hands of the South, who were close to taking over the town of Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. And as we it's know, actually Louisville. Well, Louisville. and as we know, I can't remember which Confederate general it was, but that damned Yankee rifle that you load on what was it, you load on Sunday and shoot all week. Yeah, I, I actually have heard that. Yeah. So Prentice was also the publisher of the Louisville Daily Journal, and he used his paper to help sell him. But Prentice was right. Union uh, General Bull Nelson ordered Louisville evacuated, and Prentice kept selling the Henrys at below cost to people who stayed and wanted to fight. It's pretty much just free AKs, free AKs, you know, like. Uh, Winchester kept selling guns despite losing money, but the attack on Louisville never happened. Winchester threatened to get out because he was very much in debt at the time. Spencer toured the war, drumming up interest in his rifle, door-to-door rifle salesman. Toured the war? Toured the war. (laughs) I dig it. Colonel John Wilder wanted a bunch of Henrys from Winchester, but he couldn't meet his demand. And Spencer met with Wilder. 
He was also an inventor and dabbled in gun making. Uh, Wilder, Wilder offered to buy the rifles directly and not wait for the government. And he had his own soldiers buy the rifles for $35 apiece, which was three months' salary. Then finally, the Ordnance Department stepped in and paid for him. But in May 1863, the guns showed up. Uh, Winchester took Ripley to task in the papers, the old crusty guy, saying repeating rifles were the way to go. Also, he had his men take a look at the Spencer rifle to make sure it didn't steal from his patent, even though it was patented first and loaded from the butt. Yep. But couldn't sue him. Darn. Tried. June 1863, Wilder's 1,500 men was called the Hatchet Brigade. Just a bunch of fucking juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. Picture, picture it more like the uh, guys from like Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, but with face paint. So they trade their hatchets for new Spencers. Wow. Which is <laughs> upgrade. upgrade. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so I was talking about the uh, uh, Age of Empires 3. The Mexicans will start out with uh, the guys with pitchforks and then go to machetes uh-huh. and then go to muskets. There you go. So the Union Army wanted Hoover's Gap in Middle Tennessee there, kind of a way to get into the South. Uh, Wilder wanted to get to Hoover's Gap and hold it for the rest of the army, rest of the Union Army to get there. So they charged through the Confederate lines who ran like hell from the new Spencers. Yep. That's probably where that, that damn Yankee rifle quote comes mm-hmm. from. Uh, it was raining and Wilder advanced six miles past where he was supposed to. And the rest of the Union Army was 12 miles behind him. Whoops. That's how you get cut off. That's some Fetterman shit. Mm-hmm. Then he r- runs into the artillery of the Confederacy. Oh, well, he can fuck them up. He waited while the Confederates lobbed shells at him, and one decapitated their chaplain. Only good thing they did. God will protect you. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> By mid-afternoon, the Confederates counterattacked, and 20th Tennessee advanced through the rain. Wilder waited until they got to the range, and then they opened fire. And fucked him up like an accident. <laughs> uh, a Confederate bullet went into a 20-year-old corporal, and he used his last breast to disable a Spencer, because he knew if he if that special rifle got oh, into their hands, they'd be in trouble. Yeah, oh, yeah. these are the Spencers, not the Henrys, but still, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he disassembled his gun real quick, so yeah. that they when they mm-hmm. showed up, they couldn't get it from him and well, it's like, reverse engineer it's or whatever. Like blowing the uh blowing the targeting system and a radio on a tank when it's sure. disabled. Sure, sure. So, like the Comanches before in our first story on the first episode, the Confederates took the first line of shots, first barrage, and hoped to reach the lines before they, they could reload. Well, expect, but they didn't probably, have to. probably expecting them to be, uh, well, plus reloading a black powder fucking gun in the fucking range got to be an iffy proposition whether mm-hmm. that's going off or not. Yep. Damn. Probably expecting to fire off one volley and then go to bayonets. Oh, and I don't think Spencer's have bayonets. Because you don't need them. Cause you just no, because you can mm-hmm. shoot it all week. No, that's the Henry. I, I was. Oh, I thought oh, we were I see, talking. I so the Confederates were confused, or dead, or retreated. <laughs> confused or dead. The Confederate uh, command assumed that they were against a much larger force, so they hold them off all day. And by late afternoon, the rest of the Union Army shows up at the Gap. And now they are up against a larger force. Uh, Wilder refused to fall back when he was ordered to. Because he wanted, you know, nobody else to get all the credit for what he had done. Uh, General Rosencrantz rode up and thanked Wilder for not leaving. And Colonel Gildenstern. Mm-hmm. We did that joke last week. Yeah. Rosencrantz said he saved him 2,000 lives in holding the gap there. And the Hatchet Brigade was now changed to the Lightning Brigade. Right. So mass killings have taken a step forward. Yes. Fucking A. America, fuck yeah. Whoop, whoop. A week later at Gettysburg... The Spencer would get another chance. You know what Getty means in Japanese? Mm-hmm. <laughs> With the boy general of the Golden Locks. Oh, fucking A. 
this asshole. Oh, the guy with the menagerie? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, the way the Michigan uh, militia. Uh, militia gets the guns was from their governor, Austin Blair. He was a real, real crazy guy. He wanted to give blacks the right to bl- vote back in the 1850s. Oh, what a fucking psycho. Kill him! But he wanted his soldiers to have the best guns available, and he managed to get them some Spencers. So they were up against Jeb Stewart. In charge of the Michigan Michigan Brigade was, of course, George Armstrong Custer, Custer. who was 23 years old. He had the uh, perm, permed hair. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfumed with cinnamon oil. Oh, fuck you. Are you serious? Yep. <laughs> oh, he smells like freshly baked Cinnabon. <laughs> the fucking native's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Smells like gingerbread. Oh, uh-oh, get ready. <laughs> what the fuck, this guy up like a train wreck. He had black velvet jacket. The only black velvet you should be is, is the cheap whiskey. He had a black coat, white shoes, black hat, and a Cadillac. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. And a red scarf. Uh, one officer said he was the funniest thing he ever saw. <laughs> a circus rider gone mad. <laughs> Sick man. Yes. But Custer fought from the front. And the men followed, because I guess stupid falls stupid. Yep. Uh, the Wolverines, Wolverines, they guarded a road three miles from Gettysburg. Jeb Stewart opened uh, up some artillery on them, and they answered back. Uh, the 1st Virginia Cavalry got off their horses and advanced. I guess they're not cavalry anymore. They outnumbered the Wolverines four to one. Colonel Russell Alger, Elger, Elger, Elgie, sent his men to meet him with the Spencers. Meet the, the, meet the Spencers. Meet the Spencers. Also, isn't Algie the, the bass player for the Damned? Uh, the 5th Michigan was running out of Spencer bullets, though, and the Confederates moved to continue to move forward. Uh, seeing that they weren't returned fire like they were before, the 7th Michigan charged into the field led by Custer and drove them back. Stewart countered, and the Michiganers, Michiganers fled. <laughs> Michiganers. Michiganders. Uh, then Custer charged again, so it was kind of back and forth all afternoon. But by nightfall of the three-day battle, it was over with uh, Pickett, our friend from the Pig War episode. Right. Oh, yeah. His charge failed, and uh, basically the Michiganers there kept Jeb Stewart from meeting up with Pickett. That's why Pickett failed, I guess. So basically that battle ended in a draw, but Custer gave much of the credit to the Spencer rifle in his report. Right, because you could shoot more until you run out of bullets. That was always a problem with any of these. Took special special it cartridges. Just different, it just took cartridges, yeah. period. <laughs> and yeah, they were a specific caliber, and yeah. Guess what? Maybe a, a third round, pun intended, of, uh, of the gun stuff. <laughs> Sounded way too much like butt stuff. But a little okay. bit. <laughs> Technically, could be butt stuff, because we're talking about the Spencer rifle. That That's right. Loads from the butt. I'm a butt man. But anyway... Uh, come back. No, shit, we're not even through the fucking Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, I just I just thought about the implication. I'm a butt man. I'm a ramrod man through the front. Okay. Anyways, uh, uh, yes. That's what happens when you get an STD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yep. The, the long-ass Q-tip into the urethra. Mm, goody. What? That being said, we're going to come back next week with a third and final part, even if it you takes... Don't, you don't know that. Even if it takes four, <laughs> four hours to get through the final episode. In 1960... No, actually, 56. Oh, Jesus M60 Christ. M60 machine gun. <laughs> oh, no. uh, God damn it. All then right. we'll be doing future guns. Yep. <laughs> In 3026, the 
plasma. I can't even come up with anything. I went too far in the future. I can't conceive of anything that futuristic. It's, yeah, it's unexpected. It's, it's like the post-laser age. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, oh, my God. We'll if be this, born if this, with guns. If this morphs into a different podcast... We just changed the name at some point, like how the guns were made. How the West was guns. How the guns were made. How the guns were guns. Guns, the guns, the guns. (laughs) Gun, gun. Gun, 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 gun. Gun, 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 gun. Gun, 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 gun. Anyways, and then it'll become the Gun Gun Podcast, where we talk about uh, the gun guns from uh, Star Wars. And then that turns into a Gundam podcast. Oh, fuck. Which turns into a Transformers podcast. I'm I'm cool with that. As long as that's where we end, I'll, I'll do all of it. But Which then turns then, into a GoBot. But until the, oh, dude, I'll do a GoBot co- podcast all day. It, it, it would take like four minutes. They did not. <laughs> they did not last long. I do. They did make a video game though. Did they? Yeah, it was for like Atari. It was terrible. And the <laughs> the, the guy that made it like like basically programmed the whole thing in like a week. And so he didn't have enough time to like program music. So it didn't have music. It didn't have a soundtrack. It just had sound effects. And so uh, the company was like shit. Uh, and so in a weekend, they had this like DJ guy. Uh, write the theme song for the game and so the game shipped with like a cassette tape and you put the cassette tape oh, in your tape player wow. and it play and you play the music while you're wa- playing the shitty video game oh my god yeah uh, actually you know what fuck fuck everyone here I'm gonna put in right now that entire song oh fuck go bots well at least you waited till the end so yeah folks if you don't want to sit through that uh. <laughs> it's not like we're making you listen to the whole vanilla ice Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle rap or something. Or that like one that. whole, I can't even remember what movie trailer that went on forever and ever and ever in yep. whatever episode. Well, we haven't had an episode in a while that had like a way too long thing to listen to. So here you go.
A galactic outpost, Mobius, is the first to realize the danger. Receiving warning signals, but too late as the attack begins. Mobius is the main target of Gog's monstrous plan, because the planet contains important mineral and ore deposits, which give ultimate power to the controlling race. After looting the minerals, Gog sends killer robots to attack the power source, which, if destroyed, means the total destruction of Mobius and all our comrades. There is only one last hope. From the very last days of the wars, there still exists a fully computerized Defender robot, Leader One. Only he can stop Gog and his evil forces, or even destroy them forever. The commander of Leader One is you. The destiny of the free world is now in your hands. Let battle begin.
destroys the killer robots and can resume defense status. But any mistake or any move made too soon will be the end of Mobius. Again, Leader One confronts more deadly rockets targeted at the power source. And again, he must use his laser cannons. But without the emotional instability of human beings, Leader One is destroying the rockets at the very last second. However, the challenge goes on. But until then, we're going to go out in a hail of gunfire, gunfire. There we go. Gun, gun, gun. Gunfire, gunfire. Gun. It's over. Well. Bye.